Memorable Monsters is the ultimate 5th edition monster resource. 50 versatile monsters and NPCs for your stories, brought to you by the best-selling authors at Crit Academy. From an ancient, powerful dragon who seeks to subjugate the kingdoms around its lair, to once-powerful wizards who flew too close to the sun and are now cursed. Fill your world with unique and memorable creatures that your players will be talking about for years to come. From fun and whimsical to forlorn and intriguing, bring your world to life with these monsters and NPCs. Each monster will include a plethora of examples for weaving them into your campaigns with fully fleshed-out detail. Monsters are more than just stat blocks. Help bring this project to life, become a backer on Kickstarter today, and share with your friends on social media. Hello and welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Austin. And I'm your co-host, Ian. This podcast was created to provide you, our heroes, with new and reusable material for both players and DMs. We hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure. Our show may not be suitable for young children, but neither is our D&D games. No, no, none at all. I can't say that no more. Because I'm writing a, uh, a biblical uh, testament-style adventure, and it is totally suitable for children. Oh, wow. <laughs> we might have to remove that line now. <laughs> <laughs> well, our show's still not suitable for children, either, no. as most of our games. Uh, so I, I just I thought that's interesting, because I'm, phys- I'm literally going out of my way yeah, to, to make, make one that's for children. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, anyways... Uh, I'm really, thank you guys so much for joining us today. I'm really excited for today's episode. We are going to be talking about in our main topic, recovery dice options from Total Party Kill Games. I'm super excited for this. I nearly cried tears of joy when I saw it. Um, he immediately sent it to us. <laughs> Just like, look what I found. He's like, this oh, is yeah. so cool, this is so cool, guys. <laughs> and then we looked at it, I was like, this is so badass, what's going on? <laughs> Anybody that knows that's watched the show at all knows that I love to use Hit Dice as a resource. Um, and so this really expands on that quite a bit. Yeah, I remember actually the other day I had to re- remind a player we had Hit Dice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying! I'm bleeding out! Bandage yourself, dude. Lift your Hit Dice. Okay, before I go forward, let's take a short rest. Guys, I only have two HP! We need to take a long rest! Dude. Just spend your head dice during the short rest. You'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. We promise. Okay. We got this. Um, but before we get into all that stuff, um, if you enjoy the show and you would like to support us, head on over to CritAcademy.com. Maybe check out our Patreon page. Pick up one of our best-selling DM supplements. Will you hand me that? Yeah, sure we have. Yeah, look at this. This right oh, here. This is so nerdy. Um, so we recently, last week, just released uh, uh, physical copies of our Words of Power Magical words and spell incantations for your fifth edition um, experience. So yep. check it out. I want to read out one, I guess, real quick. I could probably read one really quick. Yeah. Um, if you don't know what it is, I basically we we took all the the, the cantrips and all the spells and all the and, way to ninth level, by the and, way. Yeah, and gave them incantations and then uh, Latin magical words that you can use with them. Um, so we'll start with a cantrip, right? So you can choose, obviously you're not going to want to use like the can, the, the incantation every time, but sometimes spells are infrequent enough that it's not, uh, mm-hmm. not that big of an issue. So for instance, what's a common one people use all the time? 
Eldritch Blast. Blast. Eldritch Blast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. That's a cantrip, so let's go we were like, take hey, a look hey, here. Are you really sure you need to ask that question? So Eldritch Blast says, destroy, power of the ancient, Reptai Sunt Tenebris. Um, so as, if you're really into the roleplay, or as a dungeon master, you want to use these as, um, like, monster chants... You mm-hmm. totally could, especially when it's in the, the the different languages. So you could also use it as a like. This would be such a great tool for DMs, by the way. This is like, uh, could you imagine, real quick, just like a monster like off in the distance, and you just hear the final word Tenebris, and it's just a, a giant cackling bolt of energy goes, shoo, shoo, <laughs> and the players are like, "What was that?" Well, and it's a good way to hide what the spell is, which mm-hmm. I think is what you're getting at, which is fantastic. Yep. So and combining that with reflavoring. Uh, maybe you can give an Arcana check to check it out. But if this is something you're interested, um, please consider supporting us and picking up. If you head on over to CritAcademy.com, you can find the link on the main page that'll take you right to our Amazon. You can get it for your Kindle or a physical copy. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I was super excited when I got it. I took pictures <sighs> and everything because I'm weird like that. Anyway, so there's lots of ways you can support us. Um, so Crit Nation, thank you for joining us today here at the Crit Cabin Studios where everything's made up and your rolls don't matter. Yep, that's right. Your uh, rolls are like a character without hit dice, which means you can't use pretty much anything that this awesome supplement has. Yeah, which is a shame. I feel like if your character doesn't have hit dice, you're either an NPC or dead. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> no, because I had no hit dice as Raven the Crow and he definitely survived, almost died at the end. You had hit dice, you just... Use them, them all. <laughs> yeah, I did use them all. So yeah. we had a giant dragon giving us the slow breath. You have to believe that I was dodging basically every turn. <laughs> Don't let dodge. Him I'm like, I am not going to die here, dude. I thought of you the other day. I saw a Piccolo meme. You know, you remember when he's he blocks the big energy, oh, yeah. beam? Yep. and it's just spaghetti that somebody just pushed into the like a little miniature version of uh, Piccolo. Yep. cracking up. Oh, I've seen that one before. That's great. Uh, all right, so we got a uh, really exciting uh, episode for you guys today. For our let's talk about blank segment. Patron Steve H has. Uh, sent us a, a question that I think is interesting and honestly it's not something that I've ever really thought of and because mm-hmm. of that I probably will write something up and put it up on our page at some point but um, Ian what is uh, what is uh, patron Steve asking about here patron Steve wrote us I found your show after deciding to convert our home group to 5e okay I've played forever but wanted to get some help suggestions, and how-to stuff from the internet. And that's how he found our podcast, Crit Academy. Nice. And that's how he, be- he became an avid listener and watcher. And has led him to other sites like DMs Guild, Facebook groups, YouTube channels, and so forth. Now, the problem he ran into was each of these online resources th- throw around terms that aren't necessarily noob-friendly, if you will. Yep. Okay. And it took him quite a while to figure out what the heck stuff like TPK means or min-maxing and he would love it if we covered some of these things and what the heck they mean on our podcast just uh, so some people know what the lingo is if you will so he gave us some examples that we're going to run through but um obviously we can't possibly think of everything right off the top of our head there's so so much out there what i'll do is i'll probably toss together some sort of chart and toss it up on our website as a reference for all those newbie people that may not Mm -hmm. understand what those because honestly we use those without really thinking about it because we're so ingrained in the system. In the social media. <laughs> <laughs> so. We already have computer chips in our brains. <laughs> <laughs> there uh, are no computer chips in the brains of Americans. 
<laughs> um, so here's some of the questions. TPK means total party kill. DPS means damage per second. That mm-hmm. actually comes more from, I think, video games. Yeah. yeah. T- um, technically, the proper term is DPR, damage, damage per, per round. round. Yeah. But yeah. people use them interchangeably. Yeah. And obviously, though, I've seen some people get up in other people's business about it. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's they're the you're the Karens of the RPG <laughs> tables. <laughs> I was gonna say get to life, but I'm one of those people sometimes. So. <laughs> um, another thing was min maxing and power gaming. Now these two are pretty much the same. I think I was gonna say I think conceptually they're the exact uh, yes same. and no. It but... comes from min max means you're minimizing any possible weaknesses and maximizing the 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 character's value. Generally, this means number wise. Yep. I think mm-hmm. generally or getting spells and abilities and. Cl- and options that synergize well together <laughs> to increase your efficiency. Yeah, or that could p- pertain particularly to your campaign. So obviously, if, like for instance, we're in Descent and Avernus. Obviously, because all of us are like, well, we don't want to just make our fire spells useless the entire campaign. We're going to choose something else. Yeah, they're not going to pick it. That would be power gaming right there. I yeah. Well, well t- that's less power gaming and more metagaming. And which is not a dirty word that some people make it out to be. That's all. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's true, isn't it? But the point is, is it's similar vein. You're basically optimizing your character for yeah. mechanical function. Generally. You're not playing because you're role playing your character. You're playing because you want to beat everything else, which is not yeah. wrong. Get yeah. wrong way to play. <laughs> like my artist Fisher, for example. I'm like, I could choose Firebolt because that is the most powerful non uh, warlock cantrip. But as a player, it's like, well, we're going to hell. There's demons and devils. There are immune or resist fire. My character in game, you know, I could pick Firebolt, but I'm an artificer. I'll get so many cantrips, and a crap ton of creatures in general resist or arm in the fire. I'll go with something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> some other things are session uh, zero. Um, session zero is basically the session before you actually start playing. Usually it's designed to what is our campaign going to be? Who's going to play what? Maybe you roll up your characters in that session. What are the limited rules? Those sorts of things. Right. Yep. I think we've talked about that one quite extensively on a few previous episodes. We might have. Um, tank. Tank. Yeah. Tank. tank. That's another thing that comes from video games, I think. Right? I agree. Yeah. This one has a few different meanings, but they all mean the same thing. The tank is the guy who wants to get hit so nobody else in the party gets hit because yep. they can yeah. take it. That's a really good one. Like and that. there's lots of different types of tanks. Like, there's like the sponge tank was like, I have lots of HP. <laughs> hit me in face and I will still continue to get hit in face. Get, I'll just bleed a lot. Yeah. Get, and then there's just the, type, the types of tanks who have high AC and are hard to hit as a result. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so uh, crowd control <laughs> tanks are another one. Which yeah. crowd Avoidance. control is... Uh, so yeah, that's a good one. Crowd, I never thought about that. Crowd control is another term that probably most... People might or CC that, as some people even call it, which is another thing. Crowd control is kind of exactly what it sounds like. Almost, you're controlling the crowd, like you are actively like moving the enemies into a certain way, or maybe you're stunning them, maybe you're throwing them, maybe you're moving them into a certain way, maybe you're blocking the blocking the door. You are effectively a wall. You're controlling the crowd to go into a certain spot, which is useful for tanks because they can just eat it. <laughs> Cartmageddon said Spongebob tank pants <laughs> I like um, it. <laughs> one I've actually played only once but I really loved was an avoidance tank I played a barbarian that would grapple people and then just take the dodge action that makes a lot That's of sense it. he would hold That's two people so smart. and take the dodge action and run them behind objects so they had no other targets in line of sight and his whole goal was don't hit me don't hit me don't hit me but if you do it doesn't matter <laughs> I kind of did a little bit of both actually on Saturday where we were 
in evidence we came across a bridge and there's a, a winged demon there by himself, a very powerful one. And we're mostly paladins, and I went first and went, no! I crossed the bridge, dived at the guy, grappled him, just so he couldn't fly away. You're like, nope, you can't I, do that. I dodge. <laughs> you know, I should have done it in the hindsight, but I was still using my attack action to shank him just oh, so he would God. go down. Trying yeah. to kill him. Um, Especially since he was focused firing me, because I was the one grappling him. <laughs> Which is why That's dodge fair. is good. Uh, now, I was on the 6 HP when the fight ended, so... <laughs> dodge is the name of the mechanic, but does not represent what is actually happening. So yes, you can grapple and take the dodge action. Yes. I yes. got into an argument with a DM once. Well, oh, you're grappling, you can't dodge. I'm like, I'm not going to let him stab me while I got him in a full Nelson. You know? Yeah. Maybe you're trying to ruffle them around with your arms and push them, you know, stop their stop their arms from swinging with your knee, something. Anyway, I think the dodge action is you are actively thinking about parrying or defending yourself. That, yes, that, I like it's, that. It's like a mindset almost. I it's almost wish a... it was defensive stance. Like in 4th edition, what did they call it? Total defense. Yep. Which is that's all you're focusing on. Mm-hmm. And that made more sense than dodge, I think. Anyways, so moving on, the, yep. one of the last ones is action economy. Or turn economy. He says turn economy. I think he means action economy. Right. Uh, action economy is one of the biggest things. It doesn't matter how big, bad bo- your boss is. If there's only one guy and all your players go first, he's boned. That's action economy. For every one action the boss gets, the characters get numerous, right? Right. That's why those are harder to deal with. The higher level monsters that are meant to be more for single fights come with lair actions, legendary actions. That increases their action economy by letting them do other things, other parts of the turns. And now they have mythic actions, if you haven't yes! seen Theros yet. So now the big bad evil guys have more options than ever before. So they, they now have a higher action economy. And speaking of what you just said... BBEG, big bad evil guy. Big bad evil guys, BBEG. Yes. Or big bad evil gal. We see that was one that word that was just used because we're used to using it, not mm-hmm. because we thought think about it. But I will toss together a collection of those. Hopefully that that helps a little bit with the lingo. Um, I definitely understand that there's more than that. So I'll definitely get a good question though. Definitely yeah. something that uh, it, it is something we just never really think about. It, we just kind of use it, yep. right? So all right. Ooh, DPS or. We already talked we about t- that. We talked about DPS. Right, but not in the sense of that's what the character type. Oh, okay. Yes, a character like a rogue is a damage per round or damage per second character archetype yep. where it fo- its focus is high damage. Mm-hmm. Wizards and, and, well, I would say sorcerer more so, is all about doing damage while, like... But I think, see, I feel like in this one, most classes can really fill that role. Depends on how you build them, yes. Which comes yeah. back to min-maxing and power gaming yep. your character for one thing. Or controllers. Characters who are not basically meant to do damage, but modify the battlefield in some way. Mm-hmm. Buffing, increasing. Yeah. Stuff for your allies, making it more efficient. waking them. Yep. Almost like a support role. The more I think about this, the more it does need a list. Yeah. It's, it really <laughs> is something that long. we never think about. Support characters that help your allies. Yeah. That's my favorite role to fill. I will build the strongest, beefiest mother effer, and he won't attack shit. He'll grapple him and dodge, or he'll grapple him and throw him to the ground unless somebody else stab him. Anyways, mm-hmm. bards fill that role really well. All right, so moving on to our, uh, or before we move on to our, let's talk about. Uh, oh, hey, yeah. We before have we move on to, to our away. main topic, we have another gift to give away. Yeah, Woo-hoo! we have a gift to give away. It's from Lore Smith. If you ever heard them already, they have the modular dungeon tiles. Specifically, this time we're giving away though is the Arcania set. The modular dungeon tiles are an easy way to create your own beautiful digital maps. The Arcania set, in specific, makes you, uh, lets you make dark, shadowy dungeon maps, rich with the fumes of arcane secrets. Yeah, if you don't actually know what this is, it, it's like all these little different segments, like a puzzle piece. So you can fit them together in a matter of minutes. 
and build a dungeon as you're going, mm-hmm. or make it in a few minutes before the game starts, and it can be different every time. It's very cool. Pretty handy stuff. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. And if you buy the other sets too, there's literally you never have to design your own maps. You just say, okay, I'm gonna assign each one of these a number. Roll them. One goes there. Three goes there. Six goes there, and you can actually build the dungeon out as you go. It's pretty cool stuff. Yep. Who's our winner today? Our winner today is Django Fett. I love how he spelled it. (laughs) And a a PH. Oh, and a and a PH. I didn't even Django Fett with two T's and a PH. Congratulations to Django Fett. Oh, <laughs> if you enjoyed the product, please let Lord Smith know. Maybe pick up one of the other con- uh, con- pieces of content to support him. I cannot stress enough how awesome Remarkable Inns and Remarkable Shops is. Some good shit. And I'm not just saying Remarkable Inns because my name's in it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would. Yeah. But <laughs> And we already moved on from the topic, but one player in chat did ask about uh, the term Nova. I have never heard Nova? of that. I have. Like, an example would be, like, Paladin Smites. Oh, yeah, uh, you being able to unleash a bunch of your power in one burst. Yep. So it's like a burst. One something. and done sort of thing. Yep. Basically, we, we, we take a moment to, like, I'm gonna do a crap ton of damage all at once, and I can, can't probably do this again for a while. Basically, <laughs> it's like All Might. You'll get the big buff, you'll get your big hit, and then you pff, deflate for the rest of the game. I always heard of it as, like, a burst character like yep. they're called like burst, burst. something whatever the yep. term is a nova game, so. i guess nova's burst nova I guess. Maybe, it does make sense derived from yeah. that maybe i yeah. don't know see i'm not as hip as some of the younger yeah. people apparently great nothing about glass cannon yeah that's another yeah, one glass yeah. cannon's like a wizard that's super usually something that's ranged usually more of a sorcerer a, actually <laughs> well a magical character who blows up shit from but if away. you if it trips and stubs its toe it dies they can't take a bunch. Yeah, they fucking break <laughs> easily. Anyways, so uh, if you didn't win, have no fear. Head on over to CritAcademy.com slash Lordsmith and get a free set of digital terrain and some other fantastic options. Mm-hmm. And this is why we have an editor. Yeah. Thank you, <laughs> Seth, for being awesome. I just want to give a huge shout out to Seth, our editor. He is one of the – he is the unsung hero of the show because without him, I would be – made. We. I'd be making less content because he took all that free time of editing the show away uh, out of my hands. Um, yeah. So thank you so much, man. And while you're editing this, leave this part in so everyone can hear how freaking awesome you are. Please do. Yeah. Thank you, Seth. All right. Uh, so moving on to our main topic today, we are discussing recovery dice by Total <laughs> Party Kill Games. Uh, recovery dice... Um... Has uh, was been introduced in fifth edition. Recovery dice is also known as hit dice, which is what we all kind of just refer to. Yeah, that's honestly. what it's called in the actual game. They call it something else. Yeah, uh, which allows a character to recover hit points, but without the need for healing potions or cure wound spells. Mm-hmm. Uh, this serves to extend the adventuring day by delaying the party's need to return to civilization, which in turn allows characters to continue exploring dungeons, crypts. And uh, slaying monsters. Uh, as described in the core rules, uh, recovery dice represent a fire and forget healing system requiring minimal bookkeeping. And uh, as a result, most players tend to forget about uh, hit dice in the middle of a fight. Yes. Um, once again, hit dice I've used as resources as punishment for failing checks. Or, for instance, uh, the um, ranger over here rolls crappy on a survival check in... 
they get lost in the woods. Instead of running in a combat encounter or adding something like that, I'll drain everyone's hit dice so that when they get farther into the game and they go to take short rest, they have less resources because somebody got them lost mm-hmm. when they spent all that time marching and hiking. Now, recovery dice options uh, take this concept and, and really run with it to a level that I had never really thought of. Rather than just relegating the recovery dice to the role of healing, they this source book kind of provides a range of optional ways for the characters to use the mechanic. And this is where it gets really interesting because it's they're not necessarily in the way of healing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but basically, it's a way for you to expend your hit dice to have your character push themselves to their limit. Yeah. yeah. Does your does your barbarian desperately need another rage? Could your wizard benefit from regaining an additional spell slot? How about uh, you desperately need to shake off a condition affecting your character because you keep rolling really bad and it could end up in a total party kill? See what they did there? Mm -hmm. Because I did. I got that. Um, This source book really provides these possibilities and so many, many more. Now, don't get me wrong. I love this product, but I do have a few issues with it. And uh, remind me to bring up the few cons that I do think about it. Okay. I have a few cons, too, so I don't think they'll be a problem. Okay. Don't get me wrong. This is a good product. Yeah, it's a great product. There's just a few things that I feel like uh, could be improved upon. Um, but it's like one or two of the features themselves. Okay. All right. So let's let's talk about this. You guys got a chance to look through this. Yep, I did. Which, which one of these recovery uh, features tickle your dice? Anything that really jumped out at you? have to say under, let's start how about we categorize it? let's start under the general recovery options is there anything under that you guys really um really kicked out uh jumped out at you well a few things skimming through again just because there was so element i kind of like uh, blew through all at once so all, all kind of blew mm-hmm. together but skimming through again i liked die hard okay what does die hard do die hard you expend a recovery die to gain advantage on a death saving throw or you can spend two recovery dice to automatically make it a death save. Is that one under the recovery options? Because that's awesome. No. Oh, that which one's that under? Basic. Oh, did I skip basic? Or is general and basic different? Or general first, first thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're in the right one. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Granting advantage, that can be the difference between dying literally and, and yeah, yeah, literally for your character. A man too angry to die. <laughs> <laughs> Mine would have to be uh, Iron Determination. So as a bonus action, you spend a recovery die to ignore any one condition you suffer until the start of your next turn. Now, I like that because it's like, imagine like you are, well, I guess there's one for specifically for exhaustion, but you could ignore exhaustion, I guess, because that's technically uh-huh. a condition, right? Yep. So maybe you're a berserk barbarian, because that's the most easiest one to find. Yep. Uh, and you have like three levels of exhaustion, and y- your party could really use a guy to kind of step up to the plate right now. Go well, all, now you can for one right. turn. <laughs> Go all all might on them. Yeah. Yeah. So. Go beyond! Plus ultra! God, I'm annoyed. And that is a good character who constantly pushes himself. Yes. Of course, in many cases, he kind of has to. Um. So one that I thought was really cool, and honestly, I think this must have been taken from 4th edition, because in 4th edition, all the healing abilities work this way. It's called Sympathetic Healing. You can expend one or more of your recovery dice during a short rest to help heal another creature. You do not regain hit points, but rather the recipient regains uh, equal to half your roll. Um, you do not add your con modifier to this healing. So, if I didn't take any damage and I'm doing great... But Ian's about to die, and Austin's somewhere in the middle. I like Austin more, so I'm going to give some healing to him. <laughs> and then we're just going to both hope Ian doesn't die. 
Um, or maybe I feel a little bit and I'll get, I'll pass out some of my hit dice to him. I do like that they, it's, doesn't include your con and it's half because you're basically reducing its effectiveness. Yep. Than if you used it on yourself. Um, what do you guys think about that? It's a very interesting one because then that means you can also, like, uh, for instance, Barbarian again, because they have the biggest hit die number. That means, like, your Barbarian who is, like, Maybe they just were doing really well, and like even though they were tanking absolutely everything, somehow they're still doing all right. But there was one guy who slipped by him and the glass cannon hit the glass cannon, the wizard, or the the sorcerer. It doesn't matter. Uh, now he's like, "Hey, it's okay, buddy." Rubs him gives him a pat on the back. <laughs> well, it reminds me. So the one thing they do talk about is how you can reflavor these mechanics to be any way you want. So you mentioned the barbarian. So one of my favorite characters, Brick, as a chef. So maybe when I do this, he mixes a special meal together. Maybe mm-hmm. he calls it his trail mix, and it's just like toes and stuff from his enemies, and he's you know feeding them in a stew or something for his allies. It's a good and, one. I and guess. you could re you could reflavor. <laughs> Reflavor food, um, yeah. Any way you want, which is pretty cool. Yeah, my character very quickly got into a habit of asking what is in the food that Brick makes before he eats it for a reason. Yeah, I think one Mine time didn't. wasn't it like gutter sludge or something? Like he yeah, just, he set a bucket and scooped it out yeah. of the gutter <laughs> after the rain. <laughs> it's gutter soup. Uh, anyways, um, so you can reflavor these anyway, which I think is really, really, yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, if you're a medic, maybe you got the soldier background and you're, you got a medic background, you could just be bandaging somebody. Or oh, yeah, um, sure. if you're a sorcerer, maybe you're using, you know, pulling some of the negative energy out of somebody or something. I don't know. I'm just making shit up. But you can really right. take it however you want and t- tie it into your, your character. Ranger might make a poultice, right? So. Good Rubs uh, on it. Is there any other uh, recovery ones that I, really jumped out at you? Yes. Uh, this one is called uh, Still Standing. So when you take enough damage to drop to zero hit points, you can spend a recovery die as a uh, reaction. Excuse me. Uh, this allows you to remain standing with one hit point. For each round you wish to continue standing, you must spend another recovery die as, an op- er, as a reaction. If you choose not to do so, you fall unconscious zero hit points at the end of the round. If you receive any healing during this time... Uh, you no longer need to spend recovery dice to stay upright and conscious. That's cool. Now, as an option, you c- if you take damage again, your GM may or may not allow you to spend recovery dice to remain at one hit point. So, I like this because uh, it could be, like, this really pivotal moment that, like, I don't know, maybe you're fighting the big bad evil guy, and uh, may- maybe only one of the players is left, and, you know, he, he was full <laughs> health at the time, but Bless now you. he has hey. a few hit dice remaining, and, you know, he's like, well... Obviously, me and this boss are really weak right now, and if I, if I just had a couple more turns, maybe I can, you know, ass pull something, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that could be like a create really, uh, like really high tension moment where it could sway either way. Maybe the player doesn't. Maybe the GM will want the player because like, damn, that's cool. All right, you win. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever the second attack is, uh, you you can win. <laughs> that's yeah. a pretty good one. Or just rub some dirt on it, where as a bonus action, you can expend your recovery dice to gain your hit points, but as temporary hit points without a con modifier, mm-hmm. and you lose those when you take a short rest. That's yeah, the yep. rub... rub- Rub, rub some, some dirt, dirt on, on it. it. Yeah. How do I? Why am I not surprised? You're the one that picked that one because you keep saying that. Just rub some dirt on it. Be all right. Um. So that's why I thought about it. There's one in here that I think is really cool, and I'm surprised it doesn't go farther than what they have in here. They have hot blooded, which basically says you can expend one as a bonus action and gain resistance and fire until the end of your turn. 
Like, I could totally see a whole collection of those for, like, every element. Well, they got one for cool, at least, too. So. Oh, did they? Yeah, okay. Like hot okay, that's cool. Um, and then the last one I think uh, we should talk, we can talk about in the focus. There's a lot in here. There's got to be at least 10 to 12 in here of these different ones. But um, one that really jumped out at me for the general. Once again, the general, there's no prerequisites. Yep, Everyone can do it, right? Just do it, yeah. Um, is, oh, oh <laughs> recharge. Here it is. Um, so following a short rest, you can expend two recovery dice. And as an action, regain the use of a feature that normally requires a long rest to recharge. Yes, this is a really good one. Um, now it says, note, this option have a dramatic effect on overall character power and encounter balance. So, for me, I think this would be an awesome reward tool. Instead of just something they can do, passing out rewards for amazing roleplay on top of inspiration, or a character goes above and beyond and does something in character that's just knock you out of your, your, your seat awesome. Mm-hmm. You could give this as like a token and, hey, you get this one time. Um, because that, if you, everyone can do that, re- two recovery dice for for a long rest is, that's strong. Yeah. Know? And I mean, obviously they're well aware of that because it says it right following. I would even say maybe like three. I'd say half <laughs> your hit dice, period. Yeah. Now, if you don't know, when you take a long rest, you only get half your hit dice. So all you people that say the game is, they heal overnight. No, they don't. When they expend the resources, they only get half of them back. I would even say like... You should say, like, I agree with the half, but, like, at minimum, like, two, two? or three. So low levels, so, like, low levels can't it. just spam, like, you know, these incredible, you know, long Long's rest days. features. Yeah. Yeah, but you're, once again, though, with these features, the downside is you're blowing through your hit dice, which is how you often heal during your yeah. rest. Increasing your chance to die. Yep. So. But also, you're killing things way faster, so I don't know. That's the thing, right? Yeah, that's, that's the, the trade-off. Weird that's the weird line. All right, so why don't we move on into racial recovery dice? Uh, Ian, which one of these really jumped out at you? Well, there's a few, and for, and first off, I just want to point out that the racial re- recovery dice options that you have here only cover the races that are in the PHP. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it's also worth pointing out this document was made back in 2017, according to the info in the front. So, you well, actually you read that stuff. I did this time just because I'm like, when was this released? Just because more material has come out since then, such as the Artificer, for example. (laughs) Anyway. So uh, which one of these uh, uh, racial features is interesting to you? Well, it's really cool. For the Dragonborn, Unleashed Breath Weapon. (laughs) Yes, that's a good choice. For each recovery die you spend, up to a max equal to your con score, minimum one, you can add the result of the roll to your damage to your breath weapon. Dragonborns really need this. Because their breath weapons in this edition suck! Yes. So anything that increases the potency of them is nice. I like that. I lo- All these have really cool flavor, too. Like, this one says, you draw from your body's strength of vitality to supercharge your breath attack. Which is pretty cool. Yep. What do you think about that, uh, Austin? I think I like that a lot. Again, I kind of agree where it's like, every single time... Uh, there was one time I was playing with this uh, guy who was a dragonborn, and I was like, this breath weapon, I feel like... It, 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 I don't know. It just felt like lacking. Yeah, I I found a way to get most more out of that though. I yeah. took a dragonborn wild shaped druid, turned into a bear, pinned two monsters <laughs> to the ground, and breathed on them. Two for one deal. That's <laughs> <laughs> not bad. <laughs> it's the only time where I ever felt my breath weapon did it. Damn, and I rolled really high. I was like, yeah. Just did a lot of good stuff right there. Yeah. All in one. Guys, let me see. Yeah, the DC is for the six, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's. Well, that 
No, I said the DC, not the oh, damage. Oh, okay. But the DC is 8 plus your con score plus proficiency, so... That's pretty standard, isn't it, though? Yeah, but Constitution, though, is not often a creature's main stat. Yeah, and either, that's where so. the issue kind of lies, I think. Yeah, okay. Uh, what about you, uh, Austin? Um, I kind of like these, like, these human feats right here, but uh, if I had to choose one, I'd probably say... They're not feats. Well, yeah, sorry. They're <laughs> recovery dice options. Um, I'd Wait. probably say uh, the human resolve okay. um, is because when you fail a die roll by five or less, you can spend a recovery die as a reaction to add half of its result rounded down to your roll result. So if okay. you, you can almost kind of like, oh, I almost made it. Well, now maybe you will. Oh, and I interesting. Like that, one. that is really cool. It's kind of sad that it's only for the human, but that's okay. <laughs> well, humans are meant to be like these... Um, the scrappy newcomer. Yeah. Well, I was going to say more versatile, but... That too. <laughs> so one of the ones that I really liked was Elf. So um, when I played 4th edition, they had an ability called like Elven Accuracy, and I think that might be one of the feats, in, uh, the Rachel feats that they have. In, in Xanathar's, yeah. In Xanathar's, but... Um, this one comes with Uncanny Aim. If your enemy creature is within range of your... Was in when range of your weapon or range spell attack, but obscured behind anything less than total cover, i.e., you know, 230 or, uh, well, this says, i.e., you have line of effect, but not line of sight to the target. You can spend a recovery die to make the attack without disadvantage. You must hmm. still attack the creature's true location if the attack, uh, if you attack the wrong location, you automatically miss. The target still gains the benefits of cover. So. You're offsetting the disadvantage by not being able to see the creature mm-hmm. by getting an extra attack die, but they still get the benefits of their cover. Right. So it's interesting because it's almost like a tr- to me in my mind I'm envisioning this like envisioning this like a like a um, a trick shot right like I know there's a, a, a little tiny dwarf hiding behind that rock. But around the corner. So I aim and I bounce it off the edge. So I've got line of effect. It bounces off the wall and it hits mm-hmm. him around the edge. That's kind of what I envisioned. I don't know if that's what they were going for here. But I like the idea of increasing the elves' accuracy compared to other uh, creatures. Yeah. So That's a good one. What's um, another one you like there, uh, Austin? We'll go to Ian if he has one already. But... All right. Let's get, give the half some love here. Good. Destructive Savagery. If you score a crit hit, you can spend a recovery die to re-roll one or all of your damage dice. Mm. <laughs> Including the extra die provided by your savage attack's racial trait. Ooh, that's cool. So, helping boost that minimum damage. Oh, yeah. Which they need and went on to D12. So, <laughs> it's a pretty good one. I like that. It fits in line with their their, their whole cla- racial archetype, right? Of yep. Monstrous mm. death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty much. I think uh, that'll do it for the 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 races. Now each of these has so- multiple options. Yeah. Um, some of them have three or four for each race. Some only have two. Okay. Well, yeah. that's still more than one. Yeah. <laughs> um, now we'll move on to class based recovery dice. Now this is where I think this really really shines. Um, as a druid, I like it even more personally, but that's just me. Uh, so the first thing I want to talk about is the. The Barbarian's Desperate Rage. You, you heard me uh, mention it earlier. You can spend one recovery die to regain a use of one of your rages for the day. Options. You gain a cumulative level of exhaustion each time you use it. Desperate Rage before taking a long rest. So there is a punishment for doing it. For that trade-off. 
and it's a it's a hard, it's a harsh one, especially if you're playing a berserker. <laughs> yes, but being able to rage during a boss battle, reducing damage by slashing, bludgeoning, and piercing by half mm-hmm. may outweigh disadvantage on some skill checks or moving a little bit slower. You're starting right. to get into some uncomfortable area. You go much farther than that, but um, I think that that was a really cool way to um, allow the barbarian who's already exhausted the resource to gain one at that last moment if they choose to. And barbarians can't reckless attack anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. Uh, all right, what about uh, you, Ian? You got a class uh, recovery dice option you like? Well, we got the paladin. We got, for example, healing hands. When you use your land hands feature, you can expend, expend one recovery dice for every five points of healing you give. Ooh. Pretty good. Yeah. That's really cool. And you add the result of the die roll to your healing, but you don't add your con modifier. Oh, yeah. So it makes you a more versatile healer. Yeah. I like that. You Definitely. Get you got the touch. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going, paladin? <laughs> to touch myself. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> uh, what about you, Austin? Um, I'm going to choose this one for the rogue. Uh, it's called Quick Reflexes. Your quick thinking and sharp reflexes lets you act first. At the start of a battle, you can spend a recovery die and add the result to your initiative check. Cool. Uh, it's super simple, but man, <laughs> I, I really love stuff like that. Uh, if you spend a second recovery die as an option, uh, you gain advantage on the initiative roll. So you can nice. just really yeah. push it. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like how they all have a lot of these actually have options. Yeah. I really Some like good that. stuff. That's a really yeah. good one. It's because like I'm playing okay. So Raven the Crow, for some backstory, is an assassin. Assassins really want to go first so they can get uh not death strike. Yeah. Assassinate. <laughs> I'm gonna play I'm, an assassin and I'm gonna get that one ability. No, it's not death strike. Oh, to it's be assassinate. fair, I haven't played it in like a year? Uh, a while, yeah. <laughs> You'll be playing it Friday. Yeah, I'm going to be playing it again, so I'm really excited about that. But, you have to be first. <laughs> so if you don't already have, like, the alert feat or something to kind of circumvent it, it really doesn't happen very often. Right, So, right. I don't know, it's, it's something that I'm like... That's a good one, I like that. Yeah. What about you, Ian? Oh, another one? Why, if you insist. The dust. There's a lot All right. of really good stuff. Let's go here. with the sorcerer. Get some blood magic into the mix. I'm always down for some blood magic. All right. You can expend one recovery die to regain one sorcery point as a bonus action. You cannot have more sorcery points than you can have according to your level for the class. Okay. So it limits you how many you can... Well... It'll still only keep you at your maximum. Yeah, you can't go above the max. Okay, I got it. And let's face it, the sorcerer... With the sorcerers, sorcery points are kind of their thing. Yes. I I love... I was... When we did that... uh, um, game with uh, the Team Deathmatch game. Yep. Uh, I was constantly converting spells into spell points and twinning stuff because that's my jams. Mm-hmm. I, know, I had second level spells. I think I used one. <laughs> I was constantly oh. grappling people and chucking them off the side. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, that so was definitely the plan. The one thing, the one I want to talk about is for the fighter, and it is called Critical Strike Master. I was literally about to choose that one, actually. That's a good one. Um, you can expend a recovery dice to temporarily increase your critical hit range. 
You, if your normal range is crit out of 20, you can crit on a 20 and a 19. Or if it's a, a 19 or a 20, you can crit on an 18, 19, or 20. Basically, it increases the, the range, the range one, which yeah. is by one, which is nice. Um, you can choose whether to use this option after you make your attack roll, or you can... Uh, or you can only use this option once per round. Oh, you can only use this option once per round. Mm. So if you get five, four attacks, you can only use it once. But the right. fact that you get to pick when to use it is pretty convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if I was to use this, I would cons- I would force it to use like a reaction or something. Because um, it doesn't look like it's... There's really no penalty beyond just the one hit die. Yeah, right? so I would make it at least consume a reaction or something because... Mm. That was one of the, the, the things that I noticed that kind of bugged me in one of my cons, is I feel like some of those should require some sort of loss in action economy to use them. Yep. Um, but that was really a minor, minor one. Uh, so. Another thing that uh, I was kind of looking at and kind of made me tilt my head a little bit is the, uh, it's in Fighter, actually. It's the additional second wind. There doesn't seem to be a limit. So you effectively just have better hit dice if you just say, oh, I'm just going to additional second wind every time. No, you don't. Right? It says, in exchange for a recovery die. It says, you can use your second wind feature again by spending a recovery die. Right, but your recovery die are the same number as the dice rolled for a second wind, so... Is it? Yeah. Because I thought it was like based on like your fighter level and stuff. I think It's the, a bonus to the, it. The, the, uh, the modifier that you add to the dice yeah. roll is... Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So okay, they're yeah. all D tens. Yeah. I guess that's this fair. this only adds your con modifier, so it's not as effective. Yeah. Okay. As your normal one, that which is good. Sense. It basically lets you, uh, yeah, just spend your hit dice yeah. whenever you want. Stop <laughs> just doing a short rest. Right. Now, if I'm not, it's still pretty good. Yeah. Now your second <laughs> win does require your bon- your bonus action, I think. So that yeah. does yeah. have action economy tied to it. Yep. Ian, you want to pick another one before we move on? All right. To the, 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 uh, yeah. To the, 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 the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spell swap for the wizard. In exchange for expending a recovery die, you can swap one of your currently prepared spells for one of your known spells you don't have prepared. And the sw- cool. swap remains in effect until you once again prepare spells. I could, I honestly, I, I like that. I think I could see somebody using this in just a game for spellcasters. Oh, yeah. But that makes the wizard much more powerful. Oh, yeah. Because they have a massive list. And any other class, really, that has a massive list that has access to everything. Mm-hmm. Right? But that's that's pretty cool, being able to swap them on the fly like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. I can just imagine, like, the wizard just, like, straining. He's like, oh, it's, it goes like, goes like... This! This is the one! <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Quick, change the channel! That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. It's just like, you can see the veins going across his forehead. He's like, I'm really struggling, but I know it's, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> we'll get there, we'll get there. So I like that um, one. So that's really good. So there's a lot of these. Um, that I mean, there there are dozens and dozens of these options. So we'll move on to combat options for recovery dice. Um, now, uh... These options don't necessarily benefit characters, but rather serve to dial up or down the lethality and grittiness of combat. Um, I'm only going to give you one example, because there's, there's a few of them, but I don't want to get yeah, too, uh, really too, too many, many of them. Yeah. They have like a lethality rating, 
And to kind of give you an idea yeah. of what this includes, they have one called Momentary Respite. So when you expend a recovery die, you gain the result of the die plus your constitution modifier in temporary hit points rather than normal hit points, which means they disappear when you take a short or long rest. Mm-hmm. Although, couldn't that mean if you give them as temporary hit points, it can put you above your max HP? That's true. So that that's interesting. So that would be... That'd be an interesting way to put that, yeah. <laughs> you know what? During the short rest, I'm just going to dump all my hit dice right now so I'm not walking around with a crap ton of HP as a tank. Yeah. I can see a barbarian doing that, oh, actually. Yeah, for sure. Or like a fighter. <laughs> as they know for sure, big bad evil guy's next. Like, they're just like, all right. They're I, like doing like pre-game workouts yeah. and stuff. They're getting like push-ups <laughs> in. <Getting pumped. laughs> they I come in, they're all like sweaty. Look. <sighs> I don't think that was what the intention was, but raw, I don't see how it. <laughs> I'm about it. I don't disagree. I'm pretty sure the creators are probably like, huh? Damn it! I'm These sure idiots. somebody must have came across that, but that's it. If you run into a fight and there's another fight after that, yeah, that you're boned. Yeah, <laughs> or or worse, you don't run into a fight and you end up walking for an hour, which is technically a long or a short rest. Because doesn't that disappear? Well, how long do temporary hit points last? Until so you rest, right? Rest, right. right. So but everyone else is resting and the barbarian is running. And <laughs> yeah, fight. he's, he's jog, jog, jogging in place. Jogging in place. <laughs> Can't let like the steam run out. On and it's it's kind of <laughs> like uh, the rage. In order to keep that going, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta hit something, something or yeah. take damage. So. Or try to hit something at least. Uh, <laughs> I am always angry! <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, and then there's also like really scary ones. Yeah. The like, slow healing one is really interesting. You cannot expend recovery dice for healing after a short rest. You must complete a long rest in order to expend these dice. I think that guy touches on the, some like the harder difficulties laid out in the DMG, though. Yeah. So, hmm. so yeah. There's a lot more to that. I don't want to get too much into that. They have additional options that don't really fit into any of those categories mm-hmm. that can be tailored for different rules. Once again, I don't want to get too much into that. They got one for heroic fatigue, which I think is pretty cool. Um and low magic settings campaigns. Uh, I do like the recovery option or the the wounded option. Basically, you can wound the players. Um, they have a previous product called Fifth Edition Options that I'm probably going to pick up and look at. That includes like a wounding status effect, which sounds pretty cool. Yeah, um, I'm always down for stuff like that. So is that almost like bloody around? <laughs> uh, all right, so I think that'll do it for this product overall. What did you guys think? I, I like it a lot, um, which probably didn't sound very convincing. I really do like it a lot, but <laughs> um, it, it's, oh it's pretty short and sweet, yeah. uh, admittedly, um, but there's so much in here that is, it's always constantly being thought about, right? Like, these, mm-hmm. are, these are things that I can do pretty much at any given time, mm-hmm. and I mean, even just for the general, like, if this was even just the general options, like, this wasn't even, like... Like, the class ones or the racial ones, like, even that was just, like, plenty, honestly. Like, it's already so all-encompassing for yeah. a lot of situations. Now, I am kind of sad because there's there's no Asimar one, but <laughs> I have, I love Asimars, but, I mean, it was, like, as Ian said, it was, like, 2017 or something like that. Yeah, and, so. like I said, they only had, like, the races in there from the PHB, right. so. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, I mean, Player's Handbook. Them, so. yeah. Game oh, term. Yeah. <laughs> Another acronym. Yep. Uh, but I'm pretty sure, like, even, like, because if you look at the Tiefling one, there's, like, one where, like, they can use their uh, Infernal Legacy again or something like that, I think. And it's just, you could probably just say, like, oh, yeah, the Azamar can also just use their thing again. 
and you could just call it good from there. So, yeah. I don't know. Stuff like that. Yeah. You could easily work off of and create your own stuff, probably. Oh, for sure. Yep. Overall, I do like this product, too, because it gives the players more options, more versatility. And I think there's something here for, to a degree, for everyone, mm-hmm. which is where I'm going to segue towards the flaws. As I already mentioned, you have a limited amount of races to choose from, which are those from the PHP, and it's been expanded since then through various other supplements. Yeah, a lot of sub-races, too, I think, right? Yeah, so, and... A lot, of, a lot to work with. And for that matter, other flaws, too, is not all other races got an equal amount of love, if you will. Yes, I, I can agree to that, Get, yeah. And uh, same thing can be said for the classes, too. And another area I found somewhat inconsistent is some of the classes might have some hit-die options for some of the archetypes... But they don't give it for all of the archetypes for that class either. So <laughs> you hit on some of the things that I wanted that I wanted to point out. So that's good, right? And they also don't don't give some archetype options for some, some of the classes either. So yeah. don't get me wrong; I am not dogging on the product. I think overall, like I said, it's pretty good. But there are some things that I think need to be said. <laughs> so. Yeah, there there was one uh, ability in here that I did find interesting: the inner mana, which basically allows you to spend recovery die to regain a spell slot um and honestly i think that's too much if you're gonna allow something like that it needs to be um more than just a one-to-one ratio um if i'm reading this right it says as an action you can spend one recovery die to regain one spell slot level you regain you can regain a higher level spell slot if you expend a die for each level that that to me is too imbalanced. So you could spend yes like and nine no. recovery dice to get a ninth level spell, essentially. Yes. Which you're designed to only yeah. get one of those. No. At least with yep. a wizard. But inversely, when that short rest comes up, that is that much more hit dice you're not get, going to be rolling to get your health back. Well, the reason why uh, this stood out I'm, to me I'm because, just playing devil's advocate there. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, the yeah. reason this point out I'm to me because I did the there. blood tome uh, magic item that let my player draw hit dice as a source to regain spell slots. And not only did I have to hit, put a limit on it of no higher than fifth level, but the cost was half their hit dice. And even then, you could still see just the amount of like power, more power got. he had. Yeah. yeah. Even after I had nerfed it quite a bit, I just end up bumping up the rarity of the the item. Yeah. So that's from a personal experience. Um, and there are other options to uh, that it gives to kind of help with that, but that was the only thing that really stood out to me that I was kind of I can see being a problem. But everything else, and then, I even really then, enjoyed. you could limit it to as like a DM. Of course, you can always just yeah. look through this and be like, okay, I'm gonna put a, a little bit of a limit on. For instance, he said inner, ma- inner mana, so we can you can definitely work with that. Um, what I do like about this product, though, so we can get, still put back onto a good note for this because yes. we do love this. Let's let's be clear here, mm-hmm. um, is that. This does give every single player kind of like that, uh, they, they are the big anime hero. They are the protagonist. Yes. They are the hero of the story. Like, uh, for instance, I said, uh, like, I think it was like, um, Last Stand or something like that, I believe is what it was. So this actually does Still touch, standing, on, touch so. on the, the inner mana giving levels of exhaustion. So okay. there is a built-in limiter there. Okay. So, so not even that bad. But yeah, yeah. I, I like that, you know, like, like I said before, like you are like, you're the last player alive, and you desperately need to just survive the next few rounds or something, mm-hmm. right? And if you saw a few spare, you know, recovery dice, you are you can just imagine like the character is physically draining their vitality to just stay conscious <laughs> to mm-hmm. be alive, and it's just like ah, oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. 
Overall, yeah, like I said, this was definitely an awesome product. There's so much goodness in here. Even if you didn't take everything from it, there's something in here for everybody, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, even giving a player's the choice to pick one. So Yeah. Yeah. All right, I think that'll do um, for our main topic today. Yeah, not um, too bad. The recovery dice options from Total Party Kill Games. I really enjoy this, and I think you will, too. Holy crap, there's a Wikipedia page for RPG game terms. Well, that saves a lot of trouble. I can just put a link and I don't got to do it. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> there we go. Um, um, all right. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Ian, yeah. would you like to tell us about our giveaway today? Why, well, don't mind if I do. Let me scroll to it. Our giveaway today comes <laughs> from Jeff Stevens. Scourge of the Nightingale, part one. A song of love. A masked menace terrifies the region. Raiding villages to fund their devious plans. Unknowingly, the adventurers stumble into her most recent evil scheme, the kidnapping of a famous performer known as Devon Artis. Their mission is to deliver a ransom and collect Devon. Though, as in most cases, not all goes as planned. Yeah. (laughs) How many times do your adventurers mess up? Oh, Steve. All the time. Son of a... It always helps to do your homework before you ask Ian a question. Because <laughs> <laughs> you found the, the, the wiki page? Yes. That's funny. Yeah. That's how it works. Hey, man, it happens. To be fair, it occurred to me to even Google RPG player ter- yeah, terms or acronyms before, until just now, an right. hour later. <laughs> All right. Who is our winner today, Ian? Our winner today is Finn Lizzie Rules. 70. Way to go, Thin Lizzy rules. Do you think there's somebody out there named not Thin Lizzy doesn't rule? <laughs> or Big Lizzy rules. Oh my goodness. Oh God, I'm going to burn. Uh, oh, congratulations, Thin yeah. Lizzy. If you enjoy the product, please leave Jeff Stevens a review. Maybe consider picking up some of his other products. His Turtle Brewery, Turtle Brewery. Um, adventure just released, and oh my gosh, we did had, it just release? Yeah, it released oh wow, okay, this past week, and we had the pleasure of being a part of the playtest for that. And all I can say is Voltron barrel, uh, barrel construct, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Frankenstein. I remember that Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was beautiful. Wow, this Wikipedia article has terms I never even heard of. <laughs> Good. Widen your horizons. Uh, is Nova in there by chance? Because I had never heard of that. Really? Probably. I haven't heard of that. No. Mean? Yeah, see, it's not in there. Haha! <laughs> I'm not as dumb as I am. <laughs> um, if you didn't win, have no fear. Head on over to CritAcademy.com slash Jeff Stevens and get Villains in Layers 3 and Encounters on the Savage Seas 3 free. Woo! Yeah. This product is not paid for by Jeff Stevens. Nope. Nope. <laughs> you would think so, but no. <laughs> no, he's just a really great guy, and I love him. Absolutely. Uh, great dude. Like, in a platonic way. Doesn't have to be. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be. <laughs> he's Sir awesome. Jeff is just like... I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> he's like looking over. He's like, did I hear uh, that? <laughs> he's he's uh, sneezing right at the moment. All, All right, right, now. Is it time for me to press the button? I think it's time for you to press the button. 
And now, what you've all been waiting for. Our Unearthed Tips and Tricks segment, where we bring you new and reusable material for both players and DMs. So, our character concept is... What is our character concept, Austin? Our character concept today is the MVP, another acronym, which also stands for <laughs> Most Valuable Player. <laughs> that's, a, that's a total accident. It's a happy accident. It's a happy, I thought it was intentional, so no, I was like, oh sweet, we are just 360-ing this episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Steve says Jeff has been friend-zoned. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, boy. Too much to reply, well, there's friend-zoned, and then there's Jorah Mormont from Game of Thrones. <laughs> I... Don't remember that guy. I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. I didn't watch Game of Thrones. It's a dead. It's a dead joke. Well, I don't remember all that stuff. I fell asleep half those episodes you let me borrow. That's <laughs> <laughs> the <of> season one. <laughs> Anyways, tell sorry. us about the MVP, most uh, valuable player. This character is the star athlete of the realm's largest and most popular sporting event, murder. No, it's not what it says. Uh, <laughs> constantly full of excitement and cheer. A positive attitude and outlook, believing that with enough practice, you can best any challenge before you. Not necessarily true with our heroes. <laughs> uh, regularly reminds people that they are the star player. Free pick! <laughs> I, so... um, I'm totally picturing these guys a dude, bro. <laughs> yeah, like they're just... <laughs> Constantly have like a few kegs in their hands. They got a surfboard next to them. Uh, this character concept came because I'm stupid and playing Final Fantasy X right now. If you don't know, if you have Steam, you can get the Steam app and stream your games to your phone. Oh my god! Yeah, um, I did not know that. Yeah, it's awesome. So I've been playing Final Fantasy X while my wife watches stuff on TV. <laughs> I'm just laying there on the couch. Um, anyways, so the character there, tight ass, tight tight ass, tight ass, <laughs> not tight ass. Actually, tedious. You want to be technical. I didn't want to be tight. T- t- what? No, I don't want to be technical. It's tight ass, okay? Anyways, he's the star player of the Xanarchan Abes, and use- he uses that leverage to impress the ladies. Titus. Tight ass. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, I think this would be pretty cool because you could add a sporting event to your games if they don't already exist. That, like, this is a really good idea to add like a yeah. sporting event of some sort. You could add just like a bunch of skill checks or something. Yeah, and it could be something as similar as like the the Olympics, right? Maybe it's a character who just they throws big swim boulders. swim faster than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we do something like that once where we had Probably. somebody do a, a competition? Dude, uh, this a- is episode 178. I don't rem- remember all these things. So we've done so much crap over the time. In fact... <laughs> Don't you remember how the time I suggest stuff? You're like, we already, we did, already that. did that. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. anyways, oh, Steve's so like, character concept. Rudy, he sucks, but he tries really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, you're right. This expands on the universe in a way that you can either work with your DM or just implement it and say, in my village, this is the greatest sport and, and entertainment. You know, because not everyone has TV, and not arenas aren't the only form of entertainment, right? I may have as Thork one time mentioned his uh, tribe's favorite pastime was cliff diving. I do remember that. <laughs> like hmm. the like the the, the 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 people in Africa that jump with the vines. Yeah. And then it snaps, and they smash their face into the dirt. <laughs> yeah, it's a very like uh, extreme version of uh, bungee jumping. <laughs> yeah, but you can you can do anything like that and, and make it part of your character concept. Yeah. And it would be fun, but maybe maybe it's not a, a world the realm's largest thing. It's only his little village, but he still talks about how awesome he is and how great he is and challenges people. And <laughs> could you whatever. imagine everyone else? Just like, like looking at him, like, what the fuck? What 
you talking about? What the heck is cliff diving? <laughs> and this is as stupid as it sounds. True answer? Yes. He's really, really happy about his rock climbing contests, huh? That's weird. Because uh, in our village, we do spear throwing. And it's just like, <laughs> and another guy's like, yeah, you do spear throwing? We do people throwing as spears. So they just see a barbarian taking guy and just launch him. Throwing dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> gnome tossing. Gnome tossing. Um, I think in other words, uh, Scott. So this is the DD show, Scotland, right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Dazzler is so bored, their favorite ta- pastime is throwing telephone poles. Oh, I love it. <laughs> the caber toss. <laughs> um, anyways, this character uh, can be any sort of personality. I chose the constantly excited cheer person because I envisioned a bard doing this. And instead of being a musician or something, he's an athlete. I was totally thinking a fighter. That's weird because no, I was that's thinking like nothing wrong with that. I was thinking like uh, th- there's actually like a, a, a like a background uh, for a performer that where there's like an alternative well one. Is there where they're like a like a like an arena fighter almost like they perform by fighting in arenas and they mm-hmm. have like they can do like shows made with like. Their swords are like, ah! They're yes! Throw, that's throw really good. Have you seen a... Uh, very stylistic fighting. Did you watch the, the Maggie anime? There's a prequel to that. Yep. Yeah! I think Sin, the prequel in Sinbad, he does that. He goes and he performs and reenacts these legendary things he did, or he did, to raise money. And he uses basic magical tricks like mm-hmm. prestidigitation to amplify it. And dang, did that guy get so OP eventually? <laughs> Yeah! If you want to watch a really great series, the Maggie anime is awesome, but the prequel of Sinbad is better, in my opinion. I agree, but still. It's too short. Anyways. Gotta, yeah. yeah, we gotta, we gotta move yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Alright, so that'll do it for our character concept, the MVP. Woo! Our monster variant is the Knoll Huntmaster. Now this is gonna throw your ass off. The origin stat block you're gonna use is the Etin. Yeah. That was weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you're going to lose two heads, wakeful. You're going to swap the strength and dex. And uh, you're going to get rid of the morning star. And the size is going to be reduced to medium. Got all that? This yep. was really the closest thing you could find, huh? It wasn't about close. It was looking for <laughs> stuff that had um, the right stats at the right CR. Oh. Because of the CR one. I don't remember which one it was now. But um, it was, yeah, it was less about what's close and what's in the right stats. CR level. Gotcha. Um, so the new features you're going to give them is Nimble Escape. The Knoll can take the Disengage or Hide action as a bonus action each of its turns. And you're going to give it a Longbow. Longbow? Longbow. It's going to hit like a truck. Um, and that'll do 2d8 piercing damage, all that jazz. It's You're also going to give it the Piercing Shot. The Knoll makes a single Longbow attack. On a hit, the Knoll can make another attack with disadvantage against Every creature in a 30-foot line of that creature. Boom! Headshot. His armor piercing rounds. <laughs> yes. <he does>. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other feature he's going to get, because he's the hunt master, he's going to have command beast. So when a creature uh, when a creature makes a weapon or melee attack against the null, it can use its reaction to redirect one of, or direct one of its beast companions to strike. A beast creature who can see or hear the null immediately uses its reaction to move up to half its speed without provoking an op attack and make one uh, weapon attack. Falcon punch! Why you just yelled? Ah! Fucking bird swooping down. I love it. Um. So the idea behind this, it's a hunt master. So 
the CR doesn't include using monsters, but you, uh, I assume you, you group it with like a, war, a couple wargs or winter wolves or some sort of beast surrounding it. And uh, anytime it gets attacked, you generate an attack against whoever's there. So it kind of discourages you from fighting the hunt master first. What do you guys think? Makes sense. I like it. There's fun to be had with this one. Yeah. Well, and the fact that he can hide, if you put him in some tall bushes or something, he can hide as a yeah. bonus action, line up his shots to get the most out of his piercing shot, and then if some mm-hmm. douche does see him and attack him, he just commands his wolves or whatever his pack to attack. Yes, or I'm a going falcon. To get an, an undead diamond dire back wolf, and it's going to absolutely annihilate this player. Why do you have that there? <laughs> no reason. Um, so yeah, this is uh, something that I thought would be really cool and a lot of fun. My command beast is a Tarask. <laughs> I, tell, I tell the Tarask to annihilate that player. Quick Google, is a Tarask a beast? I hope not. <laughs> if it is, that's wild. <laughs> <laughs> the Huntmaster fears no man. He's this little <laughs> tiny thing. You attack me, you meet Baby Zilla. What? Baby Zilla. Brr, the whole mountain shakes and he comes out from behind it. What, did, what was dun, it? Godzuki. Dun, dun, dun. You watched the old Godzilla cartoon. It was Godzuki. Yeah. <laughs> I hated the Godzuki. Did you? <laughs> and um, no, he's not a beast. He's a titan. Oh, that's, oh, too, wow. that's too bad. Okay. That would be hilarious. He's, well, he, he's classified as a gargantuan monstrosity. Presence's Titan. <laughs> so that way, if you did do something like this with the Huntmaster and the Titan, it'd be kind of like that that guy guy the doctor and his his uh, his little boy inside One Punch Man, where the guy's <laughs> on his shoulder of the oh, giant. Yeah. That's what I kind of envisioning. He's like, "Yes, we can take over." He was like, "Yes, brother." Oh, brother! <laughs> <laughs> you oh, did man. this to me. As he's looking at the other guy, he's like, "I I'm just standing here." I didn't do, oh, <laughs> I didn't do anything. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you guys overall? What do you think about this this car- this monster variant? Could be fun. Um, oh yeah. Could set up a very dangerous situation. Like if they're like in the middle of like some woods or something. Like this is good. I was thinking how awesome it would be to have an encounter on a bridge with this guy. Ooh. Everyone's lined up. Yeah, already. everyone's already <laughs> lined up. So you just. Oh man, that's good. The it's... trap is the rope bridge he set up. Oh, nice <laughs> damage. Just... Damn, that's messed up. Like, you would just have them, like, pelting them from a distance and then have the wolves chase them mm-hmm. onto the thing or start fighting and then run down the bridge to get them all lined up. And you'd give a small cue that you see the, the, the knoll at the end of the bridge drawing back and he's using it's an abnormally large yeah. abnormally large arrow like the one from uh, Men in Tights. Mm-hmm. Is that the one where he's got the really big giant Patriot arrow or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> and it just blows the whole thing up. Um, you see, for some reason, he has a ballista bolt as his longbow arrow. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It'll be fine. No, no <laughs> reason. Cross the bridge and kick his ass. <laughs> now I think about the, the giants in Game of Thrones that actually did have a giant-sized bow that was basically ballista. <laughs> <laughs> They're shooting trees at people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That'll do it for our monster variant. Ian, would you like to tell us about our encounter of the podcast? Our encounter of the podcast is the... Ancient Nautiloid. Somebody's been doing research. During their travels, the characters stumble across a large-scale archaeological dig site full of gray-skinned dwarves and a few devils. A bone devil has located the site of an ancient Mindflayer ship, known as a Nautiloid. The devil has tasked his minions with digging the contraption out from under the earth. 
in the Devil Overseas 2d6 plus 10 Druigar and Barb Devils and Bearded Devils. Roll for the number. A collection of pulley contraptions are attached to large pieces, like to support a large object once it's fully dug out. Currently only halfway revealed, the devils can be heard shouting in an infernal at the Duragars to put their backs into it. The Duragar have been working for four days straight and suffer three levels of exhaustion. That sucks. That's a lot. <laughs> what do you guys think about this encounter? Keep in mind, exhaustion only goes up to level six, and level six is... Death. <laughs> so, really, it only goes up to five. <laughs> because by the time you hit six, you, you just have I'm to dead. get a new character. Um, what do you guys think? So, I'm assuming, like, the Duragar aren't inherently evil for against well, the players Well, they are now, but in this case, they're not actively yeah. seeking them out. This is just something that characters stumble across. Either they have a goal to get there, or it's just something that you're traveling. Hmm. Duragar, a.k.a. Grey Dwarfs, a.k.a. Evil Dwarfs, a.k.a. Dwarfs you can feel free to punch in the face. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Usually. Sometimes. So, so, so what do we think? Good times. I, I can I don't know. Because, like, I see, like, I guess you could do some really interesting stuff about the thing that they're pulling out, right? Because I'm right. assuming that's, like, the, the goal here. Well, so, I yeah. wonder, like, what... Because it so says you couldn't make the Nautiloid a dungeon. Right. I mean, it's a ship, so easily can be done. Yeah, it could be, like, either deep underwater, it could be inside a mountain for some stupid reason. Yeah. It could have just magically been, like, ported there as, like, a... Maybe yeah. it was once in hell, and it was just, like, <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I got here, I don't know how. It plane yeah. shifted into the mountain there. <laughs> yeah, I really... I enjoyed writing this because it puts the... Once again, it puts the, the, the monsters in a situation that they're not out just hunting somebody. They're actively doing something of import to somebody. Right. Um, and it's a bone devil that's actually in charge of it, so why does he care about this? Um, mind flayer ships obviously allow for inner space, interdimensional, inter, what, interplane yeah. travel? Uh, interplanetary. Inter interplane. Yeah, something like that. Interdimension. Um, so this can, this can be a great opening into introducing that stuff. And obviously... Baldur's Gate uh, 3 uh, opens in early access next month, so uh, we already know it's going to focus a lot around Mind Flayers um, and the Githyanki, so expect to see more and more of that shit yeah. come from me. So I, You could also, with this encounter, you could do some probably some really fun stuff with the, because he said something about, you know, interdimensional travel and stuff. Uh, you could do some, like, really weird, that gives you so much freedom, right? Yeah. Because now you have... These options were like, maybe uh, the Mind Flayers knew that this happened, and maybe they even interject or something. Like, mm -hmm. the players, because they're just happening to come in here, well, what if something else is already attempting to intervene, right? Yeah. Ooh, there's Mind Flayers in stasis inside the Nautiloid. That'd be cool, too. That's cool. I like that. I was just thinking, what if uh, inside, when they finally break it open, all the little... Um, the little eye snatcher things that create my, uh, Mind Flayers gets loose. And becomes a rampant plague among the kingdom. Yeah. And mind flayers are just being born left and right. And maybe it's one of those things that the players interject here and cause the damage during the fight, mm -hmm. loosening this plague along the uh, onto the realm, and now they have to clean up their mess. I would, I would almost wonder if that, like, if the devils saw that, they would be like, hey, uh, want to help us with this? Because you guys are kind of stuck here too, right? So, I mean... <laughs> and they just kind of look at you like, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh! 
they break into the ship, and kind of what you were saying, there's like the vat of tadpoles in there mm-hmm. that start taking over all the Jorigar as Hof. <laughs> Ooh, that's cool. That so, could be a one messy situation. Well, and you can, you can take it different ways because people. Oh, they're already infected. So they might end up transforming during. Well, so so. We have so there's a lot of ways <laughs> yeah. we suddenly just broke this open into. Yeah, yeah. So I really like this encounter. I'm like I'm really liking this new format. Um, basically, I took a note out of the Storm King's Thunders book um, yeah. and the uh, Horde of the Dragon Queen, where they've got this format, and I really do like this format. So I'm gonna probably continue to do that until I get sick of it, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot more work. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for our encounter of the po- or the encounter of the podcast. The uh, ancient Nautiloid. Yeah. Woo. Huzzah. Austin, would you like to tell us about our magic item? Sure would. Uh, today's magic item is the Scepter of the Blue Nebula. Uh, thank you for bonus action on Instagram. It's a very rare, very, what? very, very rare. rare wand. Very rare. <laughs> very rare wand. Uh, requires attunement by a spellcaster. Uh, it is nebula charged. You gain a plus two bonus to spell attack and you ignore half cover when making a spell attack with this wand. That's pretty good. Uh... It has also Storm's Reach. You can cast the cantrip Shocking Grasp from this wand. It has a 60-foot range, and you can make a ranged spell attack instead of a melee spell attack. Nice. Or you make a ranged spell attack instead of a melee spell attack. That's nice, actually. Well, and his wording is not like Watsy format, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, And then you have Stormborn. While you hold this wand, you may change the damage type of any damaging spell you cast to Lightning or Thunder. That's cool. You may change a spell in this way a number of times equal to your spellcasting ability modifier, minimum of one. You regain all uses when you finish a long rest. Additionally, you are not impaired by extreme non-magical weather conditions such as storms, blizzards, and tornadoes. Um, this would be awesome for a storm sorcerer. My, yes, <laughs> I agree. I don't know if I would call it the uh, scepter of the blue nebula, but I do like it. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, I think I was walking into this, I was like, is it going to be like space themed or something? Like, is there going to be Well, nebulas can have electrical discharges, so. Right. So, I mean, mm-hmm. make, yeah. there's some sort of theme there, I guess. Yeah. But, um, I like the idea that it makes a melee spell range. Yes. Um, specifically one that prevents creatures from taking reactions. That'd as a support really support player, I can totally use this as an uh, a way for my allies to get out of a sticky situation. Mm-hmm. You know, um, which is pretty cool. The option to be able to change an uh, uh, ability, a spell from lightning to thunder, is really cool as well. This really is an item to fit that. I want a lightning. I want to play uh, a thunder and lightning themed person like uh, was, Storm from X Men or something. Which is surprisingly harder to do than you would think, by an archetype being built for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a. That means you could even uh, with some of the higher level spells that are like, uh, what is the that one spell? It's super damage. It's like the meteor storm or something like that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Something, yeah, something like one. that. Well, now because it's fire it's damage, nebula it's storm. Heavy. <laughs> Wait, suddenly infinitely more dangerous because now it's not a fire damage type anymore. Right. Which is commonly resisted commonly by a lot resisted. of things. Yeah. So now... Yeah, but the thing hits with so much fire, though. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> well, still, even if you hit half yeah, resistance, yeah, yeah. is huge. Yeah. Um, so, I think it's pretty cool. Good. I thought it was... That's why I included it. Uh, bonus Action does a lot of good stuff on Instagram, so you should follow him. Mm-hmm. Um, some of his stuff isn't worded appropriately like if you read some of the 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 watsy format but 
that's okay. You can still use it to bring these magic items to life. So. Right. So, not bad. I liked it. Love it. That'll do it for our magic item. The Scepter of the Blue Nebula. Our monster, our dungeon master tip of the podcast is monstrous features. As DMs, we often want to spice up our monsters a little bit. Who, who doesn't want to do that? And honestly, a great way to do this is to change spells that exist into monster features. Um, yeah. I feel like that's such a good way to do it. <laughs> yes, and it works really, really well. I've been Bring doing your hands this. Bring hands now, fire breath. What's that? Bring hands now, fire breath. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Fantastic. You, you as a DM, one of the, uh, leveraging a spell as a different feature makes it easier to create monster variants. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't need a imp that can cast Firebolt. You have an imp that casts Fire Blast. And it's Firebolt at the third level or the whatever the third rank is, right? Yeah. Right. Um, and you just treat it as that. Or you mentioned a good one. The f- Blurning Hands is now a Fire Breath attack. Um, one of my favorites, one of my very first monster variants was, an, uh, was a, a smack-talking imp, right? Did a lot of smack-talking and dropped rocks, and that was cool. But what I gave it was a new feature, like hideous, uh, not, not, uh, shit, I can't remember what it's called, like diabolical laugh or something like that. And all yeah, it was was so. the Bane effect. Yep. But I didn't give it Bane. I didn't say I'm casting Bane. I described him cackling and insulting the people and poofy, you know, you're constantly distracted. And all it was is I took a spell and converted it to a monster feature. And it's easier to balance that way because there's rules for what sorts of spells monsters should have. And more importantly, you don't have to worry about spell slots. You either make it, they can use it all the time, or it's got a number of uses or recharges. That's yeah. it. Um, so it saves a lot of work. What do you guys think about this? think this is probably one of the better dungeon master tips when it comes to making unique monsters <laughs> because it really is it can be this simple and it opens up your your you already have the book that's got hundreds and hundreds of spells in it it opens it up quite a bit i'm pretty sure if i go through this it'll take me a while and then i'll just be like yep flush the stone we're gonna make this thing make where it now it uh whenever it has a medusa effect <laughs> nice great yep. and all i did was flip through this I Which you can get at CritAcademy.com. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Words of Shameless power. plug. <laughs> this is my show. I think I can count it. Oh, yeah. What do you think about the full page art? That was an addition I, I to the print copy. I like that. Yeah. This is this That's is only in the really print pretty. copy. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, shameless plug again. That's yeah, okay. Show. It's okay. All right. Uh, so, uh... I, yeah, do you guys have any other comments on the, the monstrous features? Nope. nope. Pretty simple, straightforward, and it makes a lot of sense. It's easy to balance because there's rules for spells. All right, instead of trying to make it up yourself, which is harder to balance. Yep. All right, that'll do it for our Dungeon Master Tip, Monstrous Features. Yay! Our player tip of the podcast is... Don't be a dick! And you can avoid dickitude by studying on that martial training. An ally in the wind. So, if anybody ever pays attention, I have been reading through the Stormlight Archives again because of course my, you are. the newest book comes out at the end of the month, so I'm on like my sixth time through. Book series is amazing. Woo-hoo. My favorite by far. Anyways. Another reminds me of Peace Talks for the Dresden Files comes out this week, too. It does it? Yeah. Is that a good one? Well, it's book 16, so. Eh, it must be all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so what is this? So in the Stormlight Archives, the Radiants have these powerful spirits that follow around called Spren. And that grants them an advantage. And I was like, I want, is there an easy way to do this for a martial character in 5th edition? Guess what? There is. So... It starts with picking a human variant. Starting at level one, you're going to want this. Yeah. Want mm-hmm. this um, 
variant so you can get the feet. Yeah, I kind of um, need this pretty often when it comes to stuff like this. Yeah. So yeah, the human variant just gives so much versatility. Yeah. Um, you're, the class you're going to be is the fighter battle master. Now the battle master isn't required. You can do this without it, but it certainly does help. Yep. Um, and then the core skills you're going to focus on are a goading attack and the protection fighting style. Um, and what you're going to do with your new feet, you're going to take the magic initiate and get the find familiar owl. Now, once again, the owl is your, your little spirit, your guardian, your ally on the wind, so to speak. And its sole goal is to grant you advantage on every fight. Now, that's a help action for you every time. That's advantage yep. on almost every single attack that you, or every first attack or whatever that you do. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason for the goading and the fighting style protection is so that if the enemy tries to attack your uh, owl yeah, you can, and it can't get away, you can impose disadvantage on those attacks, increasing the life. Because it'll last eight hours on its own. Yeah. Um, but once it's done, you only get it once. So you got to make it count. But right. the goal here is to help you grant advantage as often as possible. What do you mm. guys think? Yeah. I mean, I, I, this is interesting because i've never really thought about it like that like it's just this is literally just something that will literally just give you the help action non-stop yes yeah. fighters love that shit yes they do <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> especially when they can start hitting at you know end game stuff this will be this will help you throughout the entirety of your character yes this will never not stop helping you so the, not- even by the time you're level i think like it's like 18 or something for your fourth extra attack that's still one attack with advantage every turn. Yeah, yep. this is really good. Like, <laughs> I, especially if you're like, even if you decide you didn't want to be like a, uh, a battle master on here, you can definitely just be like a champion. Yep. Now with that increased crit range, you have an advantage Ooh. on this attack that shouldn't really need advantage because it's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah. Falcon punch. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. You're right. Increasing that crit range is definitely with, uh, and chance with mm-hmm. advantage. So controlled advantage is fantastic. Definitely so. a, a very yeah. strong tool for sure. What do you think, Ian? Yeah. I was hit on the head. Lots of yeah. good options. You can pull from this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is my Kaladin storm blast to get even fancier. If you pick a porm as your weapon, um, and take the porm, Mastery, Mastery and stuff. Oh, oh man, it's just glorious. It's a glorious thing. Um, a lot of stuff you can do with this. <laughs> so I think that'll do it for our player tip of the podcast. Don't, Don't be a dick. dick. And you can avoid dickitude by mastering that martial training, picking up an ally in the wind. Woo! Yeah. Well, that is our show today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know I did. Yeah, of course. Um, I want to take this moment to thank everybody that supports our show, whether you just follow us, you listen to us, you watch us live. You guys are awesome. Um, you have made our show capable of doing so much things. We've released so many products and we've had, um, we're taking our next step into our Kickstarter. Um, I actually just shared with you guys the preview page. Yeah. Um, so expect some news on that. Um, thank everyone again who did fill out the, um, the survey. It really helped guide the process, um, which by mm-hmm. the way, Kickstarters are hard and suck. <laughs> I'm not even started <laughs> I, I yet. I feel like I've heard that <laughs> many times. Um, so that being said, thank you guys so much for all your support. Everyone who purchases stuff on our page, who likes us and shares our content. Uh, we are nearing 5,000 followers on Facebook and that's really exciting. Yeah, that's so really cool. Thank you guys so much. 
feel like it hasn't even been that long since we've been at four thousand. Honestly, yeah, we were at we were under four thousand at the beginning of the year, so we've gotten almost a thousand since the start. So considering we've been running since two thousand six, four years, that's a significant amount of growth in a small amount of time. Twenty sixteen, mm-hmm. yes. What did I say? Two thousand six. Yeah, I was way off there. <laughs> so, By whole decade. Yeah, that's all right. Who cares? Anyways, um, so thank you. Mm-hmm. And with that, I would hope you will join us on our next episode. Keith Amon joins us. If you sounds like that name's familiar, that's because he wrote the the monsters know what they they're doing books mm-hmm. or book, and it is awesome. Um, he is going to come and talk to us about Live to Tell the Tale, Combat Tactics for Player Characters. And actually, I got a chance to read it, this because I work at Barnes & Noble, and my manager literally handed me the book and said, Hey, this might interest you. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And uh, yeah, like, very good stuff in there. Yeah, so I'm really excited about what's hilarious is when he texted that. We, this would be a good thing to talk about. I literally was like, yeah, I just got the confirmation to have him on the show. So <laughs> I was, was like, oh, okay, it cool. It was awesome. <laughs> very weird coincidence. Yeah, so I'm really, really excited for that. So please join us. Tell all your friends. Share it on your Facebook. We want as many people watching this as we can. We want to make this guy feel welcome here at Crit Nation. So. Absolutely. Um, if you have any feedback on our tips and tricks or topics you would like us to discuss, please send them to us. You can email them to us at criticademy at gmail.com or find us pretty much anywhere at criticademy. I say at anywhere because we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube. Uh, I think I've landed most of those on the head. Every single podcasting platform you can think of. Yeah. Even Spotify. We're, it's pretty hard not to find us. You just type in criticademy. <laughs> so. That's true. I heard uh, I got a little birdie in the mail from Chartable that said we are in the top 100 list of hobby podcasts. Heck yeah. Like 76 or <laughs> something. Pretty good. Not sure how that happened, but hey. Usually, I don't know. <laughs> there we go. Cool. <laughs> All right. Somebody's listening to Had us. not on my list of accomplishments. <laughs> <laughs> now to want number one. Right. We hope you enjoyed your experience here at Crit Academy. If you did, you can help others find the show by leaving a hopefully five-star review on iTunes or your platform of choice. Or you can just send us a message to much how would you enjoy the show. We love that too. Mm-hmm. Because we're vain. <laughs> also, be sure to give us a like and a share. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, we've been getting quite a few different uh, reviews. You could be just like uh, DC Griffin. Clearly some passionate fans of RPG games um love the di- uh bits about improving your sessions as dm keep up the great content yeah i feel like DM- being a dm is a hard responsibility sometimes so i'm glad we can actually uh help people about it yeah it is it it can, it can seem like a big task and it, it's a lot of work but it's not as hard as you would imagine yeah it seems more it's like jumping into a dark pool that you can't see the bottom but once you land in it and realize that it's only waist high, it's not so bad. <laughs> so, yeah. Also, you can be like, nicknames are dumb. <laughs> Love it. Great source <laughs> to spark a bit of creativity for your games. Love the monster variants, too. Keep my players guessing and groaning. Wow, we have DM Adam fooled. These guys are great. They are super knowledgeable about D&D, and they put a lot of thought into their great content as well. <laughs> <laughs> we got you fooled. You know how many times we look up this stuff during the show? Come on, dude. <laughs> oh There's my God. little video evidence of us. I'm like, Ian, look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, what are you going to find this out for me? All right. Uh, dude, is the Tarasca beast get, or not? Get, and the worst part is... 
fifth edition is more rules like compared to other editions. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, all right. So glad we helped you. <laughs> make sure to subscribe to our show at CritAcademy.com. Follow oh, us on geez. Twitch. Uh, please subscribe on YouTube. We want to get to that thousand uh, thousand um, like subscribers yeah. because then it starts to help us really get the ball rolling, so more people can find our content. Yep. Um, also, that'll you can get notified when we go live and all that jazz. So we can help you on your future adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, also, signing up lets you win or enters you to win cool prizes each and every week. And also, make sure to check out our fellowship members if you have not followed Gabe and Jeff and listened to them. Those guys are awesome over there at Inner Party Conflict. I know some of our uh, patrons in our chat were just telling us that they finally started listening to them. Um, and they're loving it, and they should. The content's great. Also, head on over and check out uh, Game Master Stash um, on Facebook. Their stuff is phenomenal, and they put out so much content, and it is very system agnostic. So you can usually take their ideas and pluck them in any any setting you want. Right. So. Uh, I think that'll do it for our show today. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Austin. And I'm your co-host, Ian. Thanks for listening. Keep your blades sharp and spells prepared, heroes. Heroes.